<laughs> Welcome to the Sit Down and Sit. <laughs> it made sense. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sit Down with Sibs, where each week I have the pleasure of sitting down with some of South Africa's most well-known and recognizable faces. This week, we've actually gone international and we're sitting down with frontman of Canadian band Neon Dreams, Frank. Frank, how you doing, dude? Hey, what's up, man? How, how's, how's South Africa been? Uh, it's, it's been incredible. Like, the whole experience here, it's... Uh, I didn't know what to expect <laughs> at all, yeah. and it just, uh, just went past my expectations. When did you arrive? Uh, we got, we flew in like at the end of March. Okay, so you've been, been here quite a while, so you've pretty much acclimatized. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm South African now. Yeah, but I wanna yeah. actually, I wanna, I'm going to talk yeah. a bit later on about sort of the journey of how you came to South Africa and also how you sort of became big in SA um, as if like you're big in Japan sort of thing now you're big in SA <laughs> um, yeah. but I want to talk a bit about, your, about, a bit about you so where you're from um, and sort of your, up, your upbringing that sort of thing upbringing uh, I'm from well, I'm from Canada uh, I was born in Toronto and then I moved to a place called Halifax Nova Scotia and that's where Neon Dreams was, was, was I guess uh, created mm. at a how I got in the music, um, it's, a, it's a strange story, but I'll start with what my mom had me. Like She had me when she was 17 years old, and yep. she, she got kicked out of the house for it. So we were living like city to city. Like, like sleep, I was sleeping in like her friends' like closets or like, you know, sometimes on floors. And, and while she was just working hard to, to uh, just help me, me and my little sister survive, and she ended up like becoming a nurse. She, she finished university, and then we moved to a place called Halifax, Nova Scotia. And that's that's when uh, her boyfriend at the time showed me a few chords on guitar, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. I I didn't I I, I didn't know I wasn't really like like happy until <laughs> that moment, you know. And yeah, and I was just like I had a strange thought. I was like, I'm gonna follow this feeling. I, I like this like. Whatever makes me feel like that, I'm going to follow it. Right now, it's music. So I went home, and I grabbed three pieces of paper. I taped, I taped them together, and I, I drew a fretboard on to look like a guitar, and then I practiced where to put my fingers. And my mom thought it was crazy. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. And then uh, I saved up enough money for about a year, and I bought my first guitar. How old were you when this was happening? Um, probably, like, so I moved there when I was 13, so... Between like fourteen and fifteen, like this was happening, and then when I got the guitar, I was practicing, practicing, playing, trying to make songs. And I was like, "Mom, why do all my songs suck?" <laughs> and she's just like, yeah. "You got no friends. <laughs> you don't <laughs> don't do anything, yeah. right?" So she told me to just go make some friends, and like obviously, good things and bad things are gonna happen. You can write about that, and, and that's that's the start of me. Starting a band, my first band ever, and meeting the first people that I ever played music with. What What is the name of that band? Oh no, no! <laughs> oh my God, it's such a bad band name. Um, it's like constantly misjudged. <laughs> okay, yeah, but yeah. band names are supposed yeah. to sort of always be sort of weird yeah. and, and out of the ordinary. Yeah, a little bit. It was, you can probably find videos of us playing online. It was yeah. like a rock band, right? 
Oh, nice. Like probably yeah. punk rock. Or yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I, I actually, I only wanted to like play guitar and write songs. And in that first band, the drummer at the time, before Adrian, he was like a, whoever, let's draw straws. First, the shortest straw has to be the singer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I never win anything anyway. This is a good idea. <laughs> <Let's> go. <laughs> and then <laughs> I ended up getting the shortest straw and I had to become the singer. And I had no experience singing ever. And for some, mm. I want to be in a band so badly, I kept doing it. <laughs> yeah. So can I ask you something? So you come across as a very chill, uh, but you're quite you're confident in your chillness. <laughs> but um, when I've seen you yeah. on stage, it's, it's sort of like you're like this very electric, buzz, yeah. buzz individual. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, is this sort of out of your personality or is it very much in your personality? Have you always sort of known like this is the type of person that you are, the type oh. of person you want to be in? I guess there's, there's two sides of me. Like, yeah. I guess I grew up in like a hostile environment and I'm sure a lot, and a lot of people around the world have and they probably understand like, uh, I, was, I was always like in survival mode. So, so like the best way for me to survive in my environment was to just be calm and understand, like read the room and like just... Like, I like being to myself because no, if I don't say nothing, then yeah. I ain't gonna, nothing's going to really happen. Like, that yeah. was my childhood. And then uh, and there's a side of me growing up with my mom, and we always dancing and, and like, rocking out. And I, I used that moment of, of uh, my life and put it on stage. But then when I'm off stage, I just like to be chill. Yeah. Because being hyped 24-7 is tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get yeah. you. I get you. I'm definitely that sort of type of person. I'm, I'm always quite sort of high high energy. But then when, when I'm in the home, I just want to like chill yeah. out and be <laughs> yeah. quiet. But um, so when you, when you and Adrian started the band, it was four of you, right? Yeah. And it it's started in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is, how, does that, what, how did that start out? How did that process sort of start out? When there was four of us. Uh, yeah. First, the first person I approached was uh, a guitar player. So he's actually our manager now. Like, so all of all of us, like my whole team, are all childhood friends. Oh, cool. Like, like so, like, so when I, I met Matt, Matt's our manager now. He, I, I went up to him. I was like, uh, "Do you want to be in a band with me?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> like, and and he's like, "Well, you want to learn some covers in the?" Because we always skip class and play covers together in the music room. Yeah. And then uh, I asked him to be in the band. He's like, nah. And then I was like, okay, whatever. And then I kept practicing and playing and making songs. And then I asked him again. He's like, you sure, bro? This is like, the, yeah. I want to do this for real. And he's just like, yeah, I'll come to a practice or something. And then then uh, he, he came along and we had a drummer at the time. We had our first big show, and like this is this is a big deal for us because we worked hard enough to get a good opening spot for a band that was famous in Canada. And the drummer at the time was just like, uh, "Well, he didn't really say anything. He kind of just left. <laughs> he quit the band, and we were like, we have two days. This guy's not answering, so we need to go find a new guy." And a buddy of ours reached out, and he's like, "Well, there's this kid in two towns over, plays covers on YouTube, and." Uh, He's just really good at drumming. He's not in a band or anything. So I saw the YouTube link. It was Adrian playing uh, Flo Rida's yeah. <laughs> uh, Low. You know that song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should I get the apple? Yeah. That song is a big club anthem. Yeah, I have to give you the video. It's funny. He's like, 
like he had a growth spurt late in life, so he's just really tiny and skinny. He has yeah. like little long hair and a hat on sideways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, we reached out to him, and I was like, can you learn your songs in two days? He learned them in one day, and then we played the show. We killed the show. It was great. And I've been friend with, friends with him ever since. And then, and then further into our career, we started getting more electronic, and that's when we met Corey. Corey's our producer now. But he used to be on the road a lot. So there was four of us. Corey would bring like electronic elements to the stage and he would DJ and hype. I was I was like never a front man too. By the way. Oh, I was yeah. like everybody else. I just sang and got off stage. And uh so so uh as as we transitioned from like rock into electronic, uh the band that we had at that time broke up and then we got to we, we all started just producing. EDM, and that's when Neon Dreams sort of started forming, because uh, we, didn't, we didn't know what we were doing before then, but this, this moment, it was like a uh, very, very special moment in Neon Dreams history, because uh, what happened when we started like producing and DJing and stuff, like we weren't a band or anything yet, we were just like our own entities, and we had a friend come to us, he was like... Uh, I have this show right now, and a band dropped off. I need you guys to do me a huge favor because I could lose my job. Yeah. And he's our best friend. And we're like, what do you need, man? He's like, can you guys just take the music you're making and come play it on the stage? And, like, it'll be 45 minutes, 30 minutes, like, whatever, do that. And, and you'll be doing me a huge favor. So we're like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's try this out. Like, Matt... You know, we could play guitar over this. Like, like on all the tracks we're producing, I was singing on them. So uh, it was cool. So we, we already had, like, the vocals and the music. We just needed to have a band. So Adrian, you play drums. Corey, you DJ. And I'll sing. And we went to go play that show. And it was the first time in all our history of making music, people, like, were like, what the heck was that? Like, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And, like, no one's ever seen a band play EDM. Like, it was just very foreign, like, and uh, it's still not that big to this day. What, what instruments yeah. do you use yeah. when you're sort of doing that? Is We're doing that. I was, just, I was just singing and hyping. Oh, singing. That's oh. it. Now, now it's, like, it evolved into, like, yeah. a whole different thing. Because, like, chain smokers sort of do very EDM performing. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, people compared us to them a lot. Like oh, did the they? EDM, okay. Yeah. But uh, we, actually, we actually played a show with them. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, like, 10,000 people. Whole place smelled like vomit. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. I've missed that. The corona's ruining yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Um, uh, where was I at? Yeah, we played that show. And, and, and like, that's how we got our name, too. Like, it was just like a, we need a name. <laughs> What's the name, guys? I was like, how about Neon Cities? Or oh, City of Dreams. That was my name. Yeah. And I think uh, Adrian's like, uh, Neon City. And then Matt was like, how about Neon Dreams? I'm like, I don't like that, man. It doesn't sound great. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool name. Yeah. I like it. I like it. It's, it's a rock star name, man. I just wanted my name to work. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it just kind of just, everyone's like, no, this is actually nice. Let's try it. And yeah. it kind of stuck. It stuck with us. And then the name means so much more now than ever. Mm. Like, the fans really, like, just took over what this is and yeah. told us what it is. And I love it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. What was, yeah. What is the moment you yeah. sort of realized you can make a career out of this? Uh, hmm. 
I had this, uh, it was just like, uh, I had this mentor. Not, it was like a friend of ours. And he kind of was just like, oh, we were just complaining about our jobs and how, how we just didn't like how we were treated at our jobs. Like, we just feel like nothing. What, what jobs were you doing at the time? I was, I was working at Walmart. <laughs> like, so Walmart is like, yeah, it's retail like a pick and pay. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a retail store. And mm-hmm. Adrian was working at a, a grocery store, I guess. He was cutting meat. And he's just like, and everyone else had their other jobs. And it's like, it just didn't feel right. Matt was actually working at a bank. Oh, cool. He had the high paying job. Oh, no, he still yeah. didn't like it, you know? Like, it shows you like what happiness really is. Like, it doesn't matter like where you are. If you're not happy, it doesn't really matter. You yeah, gotta yeah. find that happiness. But my friend said, like, you're naturally born to survive with what you have. So if you do quit your job and just focus on music, you will succeed. I don't know how long it's gonna take, but you will find a way how to do it. And because your survival instincts will kick in. Yeah. And I was like, we we're all just like, it was really quiet after he kind of said that. Yeah. Like, uh, it's deep. Very deep. And then the next yeah. day, it's like, Corey's like, yeah, yeah, I quit my job. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, yeah. serious? He's like, yeah, you should do it. It feels good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and then we all just quit our jobs and, and just figured out how to survive off music. And so I started DJing. Um, started producing for other people. I started writing songs for other people. And uh, we started, we got our production that we didn't use for Neon Dreams into uh, TV shows. So like Keeping Up with Kardashians, uh, real world like this mtv stuff like so uh, we just started building this like whole crazy like mm. like five we were playing backing bands for a few other band, bands too yeah so like i played keyboard for another band adrian played drums for like three different bands and we just keep doing this and all at the same time we were still in neon dreams trying to make it work yeah that was the core project that was a core project everything yeah. else was just to get money and survive yeah. and we learned a lot from it. Were you guys all like living together at the time? Uh, me and Corey were living together. Okay. Yeah, Adrian was living downstairs from me. Okay. And uh, Matt just was, all, he's just always doing his thing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's been a sort of like a, an ascension over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, you guys won the Juno, the Juno Awards mm-hmm. more recently. Uh, what's the sort of ascension like to sort of like, you know, I would say uh, getting to like start, almost superstardom, at least in some level, uh, a year at least, you're, 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 yeah, like, you're getting to that level. <laughs> but there's, there's an ascension and you can definitely sort of see yeah. the other side a little bit now. What does that feel like where you're at at the moment and sort of seeing how your trajectory has gone from back then? Uh, what's it feel like? I, I try to ask myself that every day. Just, yeah. uh, I think with, with artists like me, I, Things like this happen, like, you keep thinking about, like, what's next? What, what are you doing next? Like, I don't, I never, I never want to, like, be famous. I wanted to just get a certain type of music to a lot of people. So, like, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel what I think everybody else would feel, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, our music is, like, healing kind of music. And I, I want to, I want it to be there for people that don't have anybody to talk to. Like, cause why, why is that so important to you? When I was, like, when I was a kid. There is, uh, uh, being a new kid, and I was like, I was, I was this tall. I looked just like this when I was thirteen. Okay, it's messed up. Like yeah. everyone was just like, 
why is a kid in my class? <laughs> now, like, there's, a, yeah. there's a song lyric of yours that just popped yeah. in my head. I think it's We Were Kings. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, when I was 13 yeah. and six feet tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, kids uh, bully me and then adults bully me because I look like an adult. So, it was just a very strange, like, I was just, like, really secluded. And the uh, only thing that helped me get through it all was music. But uh, there's this moment when my, uh, my uncle was just, like, trying to cheer me up because I was staying with him. My mom left me with him for about like a year because she had to go figure out some stuff. So I was with him and I was having a bad day at school and he's trying to cheer me up. He's just like, yo, you should come check out this band. It's cool. At this point, I didn't like music. I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't know much about music. All I know is my family is Jamaican. They listen to music 24-7. And I was like, this is just part of life. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even listen to the lyrics. It's just the drums, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's like, it's, this band's like rock and a little bit of rap. Uh, it's cool. You should check it out. And, and the first time in my entire life, like, something understood what I was going through. Like, and you're, you know, you're in school and you try to tell your parents about, like, what's going on. They don't get it. And it's like... Yeah. Uh, and, they give you, and they give you advice that <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, like, this is not working. <laughs> yeah. And like they don't get the pressures and stuff. What well, they probably have, but they probably forgot because they're like way older than you know. Mm. Like they're not going through that right now. But uh the song was uh Lincoln Parks in the end, you know. That's a good like, song. Yeah, no, it's just like it's, so from that moment I just like went crazy. I started searching for all kinds of music that made me feel better. And like I have like this like sense for to know like oh this is a healing song this is a healing song this this is gonna get me through this if I feel like this listen to that super weird yeah mine yeah. was Fall Out yeah. Boy Fall Out Boy Fall Out oh, Boy yeah. say the oh, have man. you heard the say rock and roll album? yeah that was that was my that was my sort of like feel good yeah um, <laughs> that's awesome that's yeah. a good album but as I as I as I grew with music and stuff and uh, I got to a point where I didn't know I didn't have a purpose yet I, music was getting better and uh we made a really good song then and then uh we got popular in canada but uh we made another album it didn't do well at all and i was like what am i doing like what is what is this and i, I was just going through like a rough patch and i kind of found i found my purpose in that rough patch and uh, i was just it was a very strange time in my life To think how to say it. I don't want to say everything because it's, it's yeah. super, it's super strange what happened to me. But yeah, uh, like I was just like praying, like pr just praying, like give me something because like, I don't know why I'm on this planet and like I don't know what to live for anymore. And like, like I, I swear on my life, dude. Like yeah. I heard like there's a voice like spoke in my ear. And, like it's like you're here to help people find the true selves. And yeah. and I was like. I can I can deal with that. <laughs> like I try to help people like just one on one, like friend to friend. Like, yeah. and I found out quickly if like people don't want help, don't try to do that because like it's yeah. They're like, yo, I'm good. <laughs> so I was like, I got a voice. I can put like all my messages, anything that I learned in life in music, and let's see what happens. Yeah. Like it's all, and I I call my manager. I was like, I I gotta delete all this this album we put out. Cause very negative. It's very like I don't know why I wrote it. <laughs> and he's like, if you do this, like a lot of people are gonna be mad. A lot of people. And like I don't care. <laughs> and we deleted it. And then that's when we made the Sweet Dreams album. And then everything just started changing. Every mm. like 
everything I said that I wanted to do, it just started happening. Just because, just because that one moment in my life, just that little voice in my head. It could have just been my subconscious, just <laughs> yeah. trying to help me out. But like whatever that was, like it, it really, mm. it really uh, brought me to South Africa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's let's actually talk about that because mm-hmm. that that's a crazy story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, so just for, for context for, for those who are listening, is from my understanding is that um, out of the blue, and I want to know about this day that you mm. figured, figured this out, but out of the blue you're, you started charting in South Africa um, and you noticed on Spotify or whatever you were looking at the mm. analytics that you were spiking. So Life Without Fantasies was spiking mm. heavily in South Africa. Um, and then you, what happened was you released a ukulele version on your Instagram just singing the chorus, yeah. right? Yeah. And then... And then there was a big reception to that, and then you released the acoustic version, and then that got really big. Yeah. What was that like? Because that's probably so surreal. Like, <laughs> had you heard of South Africa at that stage? Uh, before we got big? Yeah. I had a few South African friends, and I think I, I watched, like, I read a book. It's like, is it called Power of One or something? I have no idea. Is that a Power of One, yeah. It's like yeah. the first book I've ever, I ever yeah. read. Yeah, so I was like, but it's just like, didn't have a full concept of what South Africa was because I only had that and a friend from South Africa. Yeah. So, like, it didn't, like, stay in my mind. And I've never seen any pictures or anything. Like, yeah. North America doesn't really tell you about the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> they make it seem like everybody's still back, t- like, 30 years <laughs> behind. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, never, never heard of South Africa. And uh, when, when we noticed it spiking... It, it was. It's just like okay, cool. That's maybe like somebody listened to it on like YouTube, and like a lot of people. It was like a soccer video or something because that happens a lot. Yeah. And then it, the streams go up for a day, and then like a week later, it's like five thousand. It's like ten thousand. It's like this. And it's like, what is going on? It's like, it's it's now number two on the viral charts in South Africa. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. So I was like, man, we should just we should say thank you real quick. I grabbed my ukulele, went outside, like just across the street, <laughs> and like yeah. put on my jacket, and I was like, and I started saying thank you and sang the song with my ukulele. I didn't think anything of it, <laughs> and then like everyone's just like, bro, <laughs> like this, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's like, no offense, this ukulele version is better than the original. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I <laughs> cool, and like everyone's like, make this now, <laughs> and like yeah. It took me a second, but we did it. And no, and I love that album, man. Yeah. So wh- how, what is the process like getting here? How did that happen? Getting for all the way from that point yeah. to sort of arriving in South Africa? Because also there's been a pandemic. Yeah. So I mean, you're the first <laughs> band, international uh, band that's been touring in South yeah. Africa. Oh, so. that was, it's wild. Like, I think our parents didn't want us to go out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone's always scared and stuff, but I, I live my life being scared, so I'm not that scared of many things. Scared of what? Of like, Getting sick or mm, crime or anything like that. Like, there's a lot more to worry about in life. But uh, I had to come here because I live by this quote. It's like, go as far as you can see, and then you'll see further. You know, it's like being being at home. Like, I during the pandemic and all that. Like, I had no idea if I was going to keep doing music. It, it just seemed like. The music industry was just going to like just disappear because like how mm. how wild things are, uh, and then all this started happening. I was like, it has to be for a reason. 
Like, so I must go here. If, if we are ma- changing people's lives here at a rapid rate and it's, like, growing like crazy, what's going to make them happier? Yeah. Me staying home or me being in South Africa, you know? And I was like, fuck it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. And we waited for the right moment till mm. when everything was calmed down and you guys opened back up. And we're just like, as soon as that happens, we're going to announce the tour, see what happens. Mm. And then we like, we announced the tour, sold out five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get tickets. <laughs> I, I wanted to go to the performance at the Barnyard Theater with my yeah. girlfriend. I couldn't get tickets. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big bummer. But I want to talk about your time in South Africa. What have, you, what have you been getting up to? What have you been doing? How do you find South Africa as well? Fine. Man. Y'all are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. That's cool. Make sure. It's, it's crazy. I haven't been anywhere where people just invite me to their, their family's house. <laughs> just like, or a bride. Yeah, just let's go have a bride at my family's house. Yeah. I'll, I'll introduce you to my mom, my dad, my sister, my cousins. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Like, at first they were just like, should we do this? Like, go, and, go on fan, fan adventures and stuff. Like, But, like, I remember, like, being, what, like, like 16 and, like, Someone's like, yo, I have this party we're going to. I had no idea who's at the party. We were like, yeah, let's go. You know, they do that in Canada, at least. And uh, I was like, let's, let's just see what happens. Because, like, all these guys seem incredibly nice. Like, it doesn't seem weird at all. So let's, let's go on these adventures. And we went, like, oh, and there's this guy that took us. He, he drives, like, like, NASCAR stuff, you know? Like, yeah, he took yeah. us on a... On a a track and that was in the like, free state, eh? yeah. In the free state, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, that was crazy. Okay, yeah. Uh, we went, we asked our fans, like, what else should we do too? So we went on our own adventures, like, we went uh, off Signal Hill. We what's that thing called? A paragliding, paragliding yeah, yeah, that was cool. cool. That was really cool, yeah. And uh, they saw you even doing bungee jumping with the bungee, oh my. That was that was so intense, man. Yeah. Have you ever did that? No, no, I've, I'm I've for lack of a better word, I've pussied out of skydiving three times, mm. twice in the air. Once I didn't, I refused to get off the ground, and the <laughs> other time I refused to jump off blow crowds, which is the highest bungee jump. I can't, I can't do oh, it, dude. Man. Yeah, I'm too scared of heights. I was at the edge. You're like, yeah. I wanted to go back down. I was like, yo, mm. let me go back down, please. He's like, it's going to be a very long time to get back down. Like, you should, you should just go because then you'll go down quicker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, you have to go now because you, the circulation in your legs is going to cut off. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what are you talking about? Mm. And they got to the edge. And I said, like, I can't do this. I'm like, don't push me. Don't push me. He's yeah. like, one, two, three. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He pushed me right up. <laughs> but uh, it was, but after the jump, it like, felt like so good. You felt probably so alive, man. Amazing, man. Like, it's just like. But then I cried though. <laughs> <laughs> from happiness or yeah. from just I have no idea. Scared. I just started crying. <laughs> it's like this is weird. I'm shaking. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I saw that you took a bike ride through Soweto, and I want to like take a conversation a little bit more. Uh, sort of, I want to orientate it to you a little mm. bit. What is it like going through Soweto? Um, were there any sort of parallels that you drew with your own, like growing up? Did you meet any interesting people? Um, whilst you've sort of gone to the township? Because obviously it's quite a, it's a big juxtaposition between like the two lives in South Africa. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it. What's, yeah. the, what's that like from the outside? From the outside like looking in? The outside, I don't I, I see. I guess I see the world a little different. Like everywhere I go, there's like these two sides, you know, like mm. the, cause I, I grew up in both. I guess I, 
I have, we're not, like I said, my mom got kicked out. So imagine 17 year old having a kid and living. Like it's, it wasn't like a pleasant, I didn't know it wasn't pleasant until I got older. But, yeah. uh, people always say that. Yeah. Um, people always say, you never know you're poor and, unless, like uh, uh, later on, you never know that circumstances mm-hmm. were tough until much later on. Yeah, right? you don't, yeah. you don't know at all. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's this point where, Mom and grandma saved up enough money to put me in a private school. And that was the first time I was ever around anybody with money. It tripped me out. And and it gave me peace too because I got to see that, you know, like you know, being a kid with no money and always like saying like all these people with money, all they have it better, like they shouldn't complain about anything. But being around those kids, rich kids, they have different problems and like I was like Man, everybody's just going through shit, <laughs> you know? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, uh, so so coming into different countries, seeing how things work, it's just, it's, it happens everywhere, you know? And I, I don't, I can't talk about all that stuff, it's politics, but yeah. Uh, being being in Soweto, like, it, like, I saw parallels to my life, only it's just things that were different, it's just like how it looks. But being there, I felt more comfortable in Soweto than I feel comfortable in Cape Town because I grew up in like this, in not a not not the same environment as people in Cape Cape Town would would have, and or at least like you know in the, this this area we are in. Um, but I I felt happy because like I was I was walking around seeing kids playing with like just like a paper ball for soccer and stuff. I'm like. Me and my cousins, we just like pick up random things and play with it, and wouldn't think anything of it. I used know? to do the same thing. Yeah, just good times. And then you see like the elders that look after everybody. You know, it's like I had a few neighbors and stuff like that. They're always looking out, always kind and happy. You know, making sure they, if I was down, they'd just like try to say something nice and look after me and tell other people, yeah. oh, watch out for that kid. He's he's a good kid. And I see that in that in the community. I don't know. I just I I felt at like peace when I was there. Yeah. I felt normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is, would you do you have any plans to sort of come back more often? Like I see you've extended your stay. Um, why did you extend your stay as well? Oh man, <laughs> we were just like we can go back home or we can stay for another month. Let's stay for another month and mm. and uh, just explore a bit more. Make but mainly to make music because. Uh, Making music in different country, like like here, has like this heartbeat that I I don't think a lot of people know about. Like it's a different heartbeat from the rest of the world, and I want to like channel that frequency while making music. Uh, are you gonna yeah. be collaborating with South African artists? Yeah, there's this uh, guy named Ntandanzo. I don't know if yeah. you know him. He he's really good. We just collaborated with him. We we're uh, working with like an Afrikaans artist just to see what the vibe was. Yeah. And Mainly, yeah, after, like, after the, in the next few days, I'm going to, like, a healing retreat and stuff, and then, and then I'm just going to start writing after. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you doing the one that's, like, 10-day silence retreat? retreat? It's something like that. It's, like, okay. it's a chill vibe. It's only, like, I think three days, but. Okay, cool. Yeah. But um, the, this isn't a foreign concept, the, the idea of a, fo- of a collaborative, like, South African album. Mm. Uh, have you heard of Mumford & Sons? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Mumford and Sons did an EP called Johannesburg. No, yeah, I didn't yeah, know you that. You should listen to it. It's really yeah. beautiful. And what and actually also Ed Sheeran also did something very similar with BBI uh, BBA. Mm. Um, BBI yeah yeah. So that's what it is. But he, when he was in Ghana, but it's like a fusion of sort of like the Afro beats mm-hmm. and that sort of tune. It, it yeah. makes for really beautiful music. And I think for South Africans a lot, we resonate with that quite like deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would definitely like encourage you like listen to listen to Mumford and Sons album because yeah. I'd love to see what sort of work you could do with some African artists because um, that'd be really dope and really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I want to I wanna like sort of find out a little bit just more about you personally in terms of like what music to listen to. Like what's on your playlist? Oh, what's on my playlist? Ah, so random. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, we, well, I, I just, like I said one earlier, like I, I'm searching for so many different things that like are healing and just like instrumental music, like classical music, uh, like swing music. <laughs> like I love, I love like uh, Motown, um, but like Coldplay. Um, yeah, I love Coldplay. Coldplay. They yeah. uh, they were the f- one of the first artists I've saw live. Oh, they're uh, good, right? Yeah, I saw the <laughs> Head Full of Dreams album in, Z- in Zurich. Yeah. That was, I think, it was actually the best concert I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, man. So colorful, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that's my first big concert. Them. It was them, oh yeah, because yeah, you had the, did you also have the band? Yeah, and yeah. Style? yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lincoln Park, uh, like, they're tattooed right on my arm. That was my first tattoo ever, was this band. That was it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's just the band logo. And it's yeah. No, it's just like LP. It's really, yeah. do, you, do you mind talking about your tattoos, actually? Uh, yeah. It's what, what, what's, what, how, when was your first tattoo? When was it? It's like right after high school. <laughs> okay. In the basement of my friend's house. Oh really? Was it like a needle or poke or? Uh, it was it was a it was still a needle. It's just my friend was learning. He was like, Yeah, you can try you can try it out on me. And it's like <laughs> I was like, This is so painful. Yeah. No experience whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Hectic. And, and yeah. is it is it all like meaningful? All your tattoos sort of got yeah, meaning? Yeah, I guess uh, like the hurts on my, my hand. Mm. I like it a lot. I, I was I like having reminders. I'm going to do more soon. Mm. I just haven't had the chance. Have you got any South African I want to. Tattoos. Yeah, I want to, yeah. Well, what, are you, what are you thinking of? I, I don't know if it's cheesy to get the Africa like outline. No, no, that's really yeah. cool. That's cool. Really okay, cool. I want to get that. And then maybe a South African saying. <laughs> that's cool. I don't know. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah I, I wish I could give you a South African saying off the top of my head, but <laughs> so many. Yeah. Have you noticed our, our, our language is very different? It's, it's yeah. funny. It is <laughs> very yeah. funny. When I got here, I didn't... You guys are speaking English to me, and I was like, "But I was like, this is really fast, and I don't know what's <laughs> going on." Right now. Yeah, but I mumble a lot, so I get it. <laughs> what 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 yeah. uh, words have you picked up? Uh, well, I know that you guys say lack a lot. Awe. Yeah. You shoo a lot. I'm like, what do you? I'm like, what? Go. The shoo means like. Yeah. Yeah. Go to a party. It's called a Joel. Mm. Um, and then so a few friends were trying to teach me Afrikaans. That's about it. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, but um, I see you experienced load shedding. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> <the other> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for those who for those who don't know, load shedding is like uh, we have it in South Africa where uh, to sort of curb the pressure that uh, ESCOM, which is our uh, national electricity provider, has. They sort of cut off power in certain areas so that it can sort of 
survive, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was an, it must be an interesting experience for you guys. Did it, what, what happened though? There was something that was happening whilst you were there. Was a monkey or that was previously, yeah? That was, we were in Durban, there was a monkey. In the oh, okay, there was a monkey that came into the came house. In the, well, like a squad, a squad of monkeys came in and like, oh, hectic. Like, like 20 of them guys just tore up our kitchen and ate all my bananas I just bought. <laughs> Took my loaf of bread. Yeah. eating it stared, stared me in the eye and then kept eating it <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny uh yeah sorry yeah thank you i forgot would, even would you like anything a, i forgot i even had the glass <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of south african artists have you um made up with at the moment i see you've done um a collaboration with max harrell yeah um, he's cool cool guy, cool yeah, guy. i'm hopefully cool. gonna have him on in a couple of weeks um, we connected last year, but uh, we actually haven't chatted about. Yeah, let him be sitting. Hit him up again. He's, yeah, he's definitely be down. He's such a good person. Mm. Yeah, like he's really good at producing. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good tune. It's a good yeah, tune. Like he sent the remix. I was like, who is this guy? He's just like he he kind of just made it really quickly. He was just like, yo, um, uh, I sh- I should do a remix. And I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> try it out, you know? Yeah. And because, like, I'm not from here, so I don't know everybody. And I'm, and anyone that wants to remix our music, I'm like, do it because you never know what it's going to sound like. And then uh, mm. I didn't know he was famous. <laughs> yeah. Then he's just, yeah. he has that song, Zol. Zol, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a big cheat. Yo, that's the song. funniest song ever. Like, the taking the politician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's alive on the paper. <laughs> that's like, yeah. yeah. funny. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he sent it to me, and I was like, "Whoa, this is like, this is like done already." <laughs> it's like, mm. I like it. Like usually, usually like because I'm a producer too. I'm so like picky. I'm like, maybe hey, we should try this. But like as soon as he sent it, I was like, mm. I don't know what to say, man. This is just awesome. Let's just let's just release it. Yeah. <laughs> what are what yeah. are your favorite songs of your of your own? Oh, it's hard. It's like it's like having, it's like having kids and trying to pick a favorite. Yeah. But, uh, favorite songs are the, like the crowd. Crowd's favorite songs because it makes them feel the best. Like we were kings. That's, every time that's we, my favorite song. Every time we play that, like it's like people are crying, people are holding each other, and it's because like, it like it resonates. I'm crying. With you. Yeah, <laughs> like, it resonates with you because yeah. everyone's sort of always been in like a position yeah. where they feel, but like mm-hmm. how hard done by them. There's always been someone there to sort of pick them up and yeah. like really sort of get them through that sort of shit. Like that's for me. I yeah. always think about my best mates yeah. when I listen to that song. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's you, that's what you did for me when I was yeah. like in my lowest. 100%. So it's a cool, it's, it's really like cool. that you said that. Yeah. It's like, cool that you make music like that, man. Oh, thank you, man. Like, it's just all life lessons and don't, thrown into a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I love that you said that because when we made We Were Kings, I was like, I need to make a song for my friends because... Uh, I haven't seen them in so long because we're starting to get more success and and uh, it gets very lonely. Like, you're just, you're not around anyone that you know anymore. Besides, like, Adrian, he's my best friend. Yeah. Too. But uh, when it gets to the point where everybody's always new, you start missing all your friends. And I just, like, yeah. I didn't want any of them to think I don't like them anymore. Mm. So I was like, let's make a song for them. Yeah. And uh, just, just so they know that I care. They have a song to listen to. Because it's not the same when you, as you, the friends you've had when you were younger are like, there's like a different connection bond, that you have. Yeah. Than bond, yeah. And you can you always have, talk about something, you know. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've, I've noticed that the more, the older I've gotten is that like, although like I love my friends that I've sort of made in my adult years, it's just, it does not compare to the friends I've had since when I was like 12 years old. Yeah. Years old, you know? 
Um, but yeah, so I want to know what your what are some things that you've got coming up in in, in the next year? Just whilst we're sort of wrapping up. I know that we, we want to make an album here. That's that's all I know so far. Mm. Um, we're definitely coming back in South Africa. That's that's the biggest. You should play. You should play "Rock in the Daisies." Yo, they they want us to play. Oh yeah, yeah that'll be yeah. that'll be awesome. It's yeah, gonna be nice. That's like the first thing everything everybody was saying. They're like, "Play "Rock and Daisies." Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I always, I always, thought, <laughs> I always yeah. thought uh, you guys would, would have been a good headline act for yeah. for, for "Rock and Daisies." Rock the hell out of that place. Yeah. It's a, it's a big party. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, how long does an album typically take to make? Uh, I think so, it depends on like the deadlines, really. Because like mm. I can work on it forever, but like if there's a deadline, you gotta you gotta reach it. Yeah. We haven't had a deadline yet, so we're just gonna make music. I want to make as much music possible here in South Africa. We can get some session musicians and. Old style singers, just uh, have you heard of like Graceland? Like Graceland, Paul Simon. No, oh, no, uh, no, no, no. You can well, I think Paul Simon is before my before my oh. time. <laughs> well, he had that one song. Uh, yeah. uh, you can call me Al. It's like uh, you can call me. Al. I don't know if you. No, no, no. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he made that his whole album here in South Africa, and it's just like oh, cool. When we're listening to it, I'm like, oh man, we could try something like this. Yeah, like, yeah, just like. Beautiful background, like South African singers, you know, like mm. I just, uh, I have so many ideas just mm. flying through my brain all the time. Something just clicked in my head. There's there's parallels between your story and Rodriguez. Dude, have oh, you yeah. heard of Rodriguez? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So except, I think the only yeah. difference between you, your story and Rodriguez is the time. Mm. So Rodriguez's story was he was big in South Africa, but yeah. he had no idea. Yeah, that he was big. Yeah. Uh, because it, what when was this the eighties? I think Fallon. It was eighties. Yeah. Um, and so I think he, everyone, yeah, and especially because the apartheid, the apartheid government didn't allow sort of music to leave the country or whatnot. So whatever people had, yeah, that's all they had, and he was huge. And then there was a documentary called um, "Finding Sugar Man." Yeah. Um, after one, he's one of your songs, and literally arrived there, and he literally sold out different concerts. But it's actually really interesting that technology is probably the only reason and the fact that we're so globalized, why, yeah, you, know, why, I heard why like, you picked it up. That yeah, I would yeah. never, if we didn't have technology, I would never even know. Yeah. You guys knew us. I watched the documentary and I was like, this is wild. Like, this is so cool yeah. to see something like that happen for him. Because I know so many musicians that kind of, it's like, that I love their music and then they stop, you know, because like, they didn't find their the place where they belonged. And, I'm happy South Africa like made us a part of their family because like, yeah. like it's it's hard making music sometimes, but to see like the amount of love come out of here, like I want to make albums on albums now <laughs> and just yeah. like here you guys go. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, what's the something I wanted to yeah. ask you was you you spoke about the deadlines of like making an album. Um, what is those processes? What are those processes like? How much autonomy do you have over your own music and your creative process? Oh, I have like full control over it. Full like, control. I'm, we're independent. Like okay. we're not signed to anybody, so we kind of make our own rules. But we try to stick to a certain schedule. Okay. Or it'll just get messy and things won't get done. It'll take forever. Yeah. I've been writing an album for three years. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's cool, man. Uh, Frank, I want to say thank you so much for for making time to come out. 
Um, and yeah, I'm so glad that you've been enjoying your time in South Africa, dude. Oh, man, thank and you. <laughs> long may it continue, and definitely, hopefully, the next concert you have, and hopefully, it's Daisy's. I'll be front and center. That'll be fun, man. It'd be good. Um, but yeah, but um, yeah, all the best, dude, and enjoy the rest of your time here, man. All right, bless up. Thank you, man. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Hey.